Um, first thing I'd like to ask is who in the room or those who are watching online can put something in the chat has already finished their Christmas shopping? Oh, uh, okay. Who, like me, is willing to confess that they haven't even started yet? Oh, there you go. I'm not feeling so bad. It's not just me. So, all right. Unless you're one of those special people who seems to have the ability to come up with just the right present for every person at a birthday or a Christmas, you're probably someone in the same dilemma as me. Um, you know, what do they want? What do they need? Am I going to buy them something they already have? Will it be useful or are they just going to smile politely and then they'll put it in the cupboard somewhere or maybe they'll even re-gift it? Anyone here willing to admit that they have re-gifted a gift they've been given? Oh, a few people putting their hands up there. So last week, Pastor Sean and the team shared about the theme for 2023. Know, grow and sow. Knowing God growing in our faith and sowing into the lives of others. Today, I feel like God wants to remind us that there are no useless gifts in His house. I hope as we take some time to reflect on our lives this morning, we can start to see how diverse our life circumstances are and celebrate how God uses each of us within our families, in our workplaces and among our friends. But first, I just wanted to touch on the word use, because sometimes we can put a negative spin on that word. You might hear people say, I felt used. You hear people say, they didn't really care about me. They were just using me for my money, my connections or my skills. Now, the word used is defined in a positive way in the dictionary. It's to put something into action or put it into service. That can be a person or an object. Whereas the word abuse is when something or someone is put to a wrong or improper use. So when we ask God to use us, we are asking Him to put us to a good use. It should be a positive thing. Our past experiences, our cultural background, training that we've been through, relationships that we have and the choices we make, both good choices and bad choices, will get us into certain rooms. It will determine the relationships we have. It will have an influence over the situations we find ourselves in and it will impact on the opportunities we are given. Over the last few months, I've been reading through the book of Acts. And I started to see how Paul was used because of his birth, and what had happened in his life to speak into different situations and address different people. Paul could speak Aramaic as well as Greek and he could address people and he did on several occasions in the language that they could understand. When talking to the rioting Jews, he was able to say, I am a Jew and a citizen of Tarsus. When he was challenged about his understanding of the Jewish law and what the prophets had said, he was able to tell them that he'd been educated in Jerusalem, sorry, under Gamaliel, and that he'd been carefully trained in the Jewish laws and customs. He persecuted the followers of Jesus. So when he addressed the Jews who didn't have a revelation of who Jesus Christ the Saviour was, he expressed an understanding of their perspective through acknowledging his own failures and history. When he was about to be punished by the commander of the Roman army, he could say, I'm a Roman citizen by birth and prevented the punishment at that time. 
When he was caught in a dispute between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he declared, I am a Pharisee, as were my ancestors. And when he was made a prisoner, he had the opportunity to witness to the governor, to the king and to the emperor. As I considered what Paul achieved, what only he could do because of who he was and where he'd come from, I started pondering who I am and what got me to this point in my life with the thought that hopefully the best is still yet to come and I hope you come to that same conclusion yourself. As I share a few lessons I've learnt throughout my life and possibly you might see a few bad haircuts, I hope you take a few notes about your own life, where you've come from, where you are right now and what you would like to see God do in and through you in 2023. On more than one occasion in my life, I've questioned whether God can use me. We often do it when we compare ourselves to someone else and we think that we come up short. We feel that we might be less qualified than someone else, maybe not as confident. We don't know what to say or do. And possibly we might have messed up the last time we had a go at that certain thing. I want to reassure you that despite what we think, God has used us and will continue to use us because of our unique set of life circumstances, our personality type and our skills. So don't underestimate what God can do from small beginnings. Have you ever started a sentence with, I'm just? For me, over the years, I've heard myself say, I'm just a girl from a small country town. And I don't know if some photos might come up on the screen. We'll see how we go. Well, there we go. I'm just a girl from a small country town. Even though I had some amazing experiences growing up in the country, there were times when I felt maybe I was a step behind those who had grown up with all the opportunities that city life had to offer them. And yet God has taken me on an amazing journey to get where I am today. What goes on the end of that statement for you? Is it, I'm just a stay-at-home mum? Is it, I'm only young? Is it, I'm just on a low income? I only went to year 10 or 12, I didn't go to university. I'm just shy or I'm just too old. There's days when I feel like that already. <laughs> David faced this exact problem when the Israelite army was provoked by Goliath and the Philistines. He was just a boy at the time, but he went to Saul and offered to confront the giant. In 1 Samuel, Saul says, don't be ridiculous. There is no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David's reply shows that he knows he is not limited by what the world sees. He says, I have done this to both lions and bears and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. He knows he is capable of far more than what seems humanly possible once the living God is factored into the equation. Something else I've learned is that just because you can, doesn't mean you should. I started learning piano when I was six years old and I continued right through my school years. I've played for an Australian composer. I've taught myself the flute and guitar. 
and my bragging rights is that I've sung in a mass choir at the Opera House. There have been seasons when I've played as part of a church band, but it doesn't mean I always will. And many of you probably have never seen me do that. We have to learn to be obedient to what God calls us to do in any given season of our lives. We don't have to do it all, all the time. If we look at Samson in the book of Judges, he knew God had instructed him not to cut his hair because it gave him great strength. Like all of us, he became a bit relaxed with the boundaries that God had set for him and he let his guard down. He allowed Delilah to cut his hair and his strength drained away. In Judges 16, it said he got up as he'd done before, and he, but he didn't realise the Lord had left him. We need to rely on God's strength and God's wisdom, not our own. The question we need to ask ourselves is, are there things I'm doing at the moment just because I can, not because God is prompting me to do it? It's worth taking some time at the end of the year to evaluate whether you are saying yes to too many things. Are there things you need to start because God's asking you to and are there things you need to stop? 1 Corinthians 10 says, You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. Not everything is best beneficial. In Philippians 4, it says, I have learnt the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now, people often quote this verse as permission to do anything they want, but it's actually talking about being content and knowing that God is with us and for us in every season of life. Sometimes training, connections or experiences are preparing us for something later in our life. When I look back over my life, I can see that the years of playing in a Steadfords taught me to overcome nerves and gave me the confidence to stand here and speak to you today. Growing up, I attended a house church for a number of years with my family and it taught me to engage in a personal relationship with God and be prepared to listen and share what He taught me. Nehemiah was in this situation in his role as the cupbearer for King Artaxerxes. It doesn't say how long he was a cupbearer for, but it was a very trusted position within the palace, which indicates that he had been known by the king and served him over a significant length of time. He receives word that the walls of Jerusalem had been torn down and the gates had been destroyed by fire. In his sadness at this news, he prays this prayer. O oh Lord, please hear my prayer. Please grant me success today by making the King favourable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. Then it goes on in chapter two and it starts with, early the following spring, I was serving the King his wine, which indicates that he didn't get an immediate answer from God. He had to continue serving faithfully where he was. And it goes on to say, the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? Then I was terrified, but I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, 
If it please the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. Because of his faithfulness in the king's household, not only was he permitted to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the wall, but the king sent him with his blessing. He sent him with letters for the provinces that he would pass through on the way, and he sent him with resources to complete the work. If you are feeling like you're in a season that is unsettled or you don't understand the purpose of where you are right now, can I just encourage you to commit it to God, continue to serve faithfully and wait for His perfect timing. There are times when our season is less about skill development and more about character development. When I was a shy 16-year-old, I was given a scholarship to go and live in Japan and attend school there for one year. Although I did learn Japanese, I actually did a 10-minute sermon over there in Japanese by the end of that year, which was pretty amazing, but I couldn't do it now if you asked me. I went on to become a Japanese primary school teacher back here in Australia. Now, I no longer use my Japanese or work in this area. But does that mean that my year in Japan was a waste of time? I know that trip started me on a journey of character development. It built confidence, resilience, decision-making and problem-solving skills as I moved from a town of less than 10,000 people to the capital city of Tokyo, Japan. Moses had a similar experience when God told him to go to Pharaoh and lead the Israelite people out of Egypt. Moses certainly had his fair share of doubts and insecurities. And Pastor Sean mentioned this in in passing last week. Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? And again, he says, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? And then he pleads with the Lord, Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. And then finally, Lord, please send anyone else. He certainly tested God's patience, but God started from where he was at and said, Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. Now Moses was reluctant but we do have to give him credit that he actually went through with the plan. After facing Pharaoh, going through the plagues, crossing the Red Sea, wandering the wilderness and dealing with the complaints of the Israelites, his father-in-law Jethro comes to visit. And Moses says, the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me. And I am the one who settles the case between the quarrelling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. Now, this is a man who has developed confidence, decision-making skills and wisdom, all walking, all while walking closely with God. And I think that is the key, not to do it in our own strength, but do it while we're walking with God. Take time to consider a season in your life when God has developed your character and thank Him for the way He patiently and gently shapes and develops you. Something else I've learned over the years is the importance of keeping our successes and failures in perspective. 
If you can remember your final year of college or high school, that might be a little bit more recent for some of us than others, you might recall the pressure that you felt worrying about the outcome of those exams. At the time, it felt like such a huge thing. A wise friend, of, sorry, a wise friend once told me about her 24-hour rule. Whether a resounding success or an epic failure, allow yourself 24 hours to celebrate or commiserate and then keep going. The results of the high school certificate were a resounding success for me. I was the second highest scorer in my town from two high schools. And yet one of my friends had an epic failure um, scored under 20 points, which if you did the HSC, you would know that wasn't great. But I look back 30 years later and neither of those marks, the good ones or the bad ones, plays any part in who we are today. Both of us have gone on to achieve amazing things. One event or incident in your life doesn't need to define your entire life. For those of you who are young in here today, who are going into year 12, please remember, even though it seems big, it seems important, it is only one small part of your life. I love Solomon's ponderings at the beginning of Ecclesiastes. He was known as one of the wisest and wealthiest men who ever lived and yet he questioned the point of life. The conclusion he came to was that God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So he concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can and that people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labour, for these are gifts from God. We all need to be reminded sometimes to acknowledge God in our seasons of success and to know that He is there with us during the difficult times. Neither lasts forever. Another important lesson I've learned is that you don't have to be like someone to speak into their situation. A number of years ago, some of you may know that I worked for an organisation called Christians Against Poverty. And for me, I grew up in a family where there was no substance abuse or any other type of abuse, abuse. And yet one day I found myself sitting in a drug and alcohol detox centre, talking with a bunch of guys that were in there having treatment. At first I felt anxious about the situation. What would we have in common? What would I say? But I know that as I sat there, God was with me and I was able to give encouragement and hope to these people. Jesus is the perfect example of this. In Mark 2, it said, When the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Never underestimate what God can do with you and through you in situations where you might feel unqualified or out of place. Something good can come out of it. I've learnt that not everything is good. 
but God can use it for good. Some of you will know that when I was expecting our second child, we were told she would be born with a syndrome and there may be possible complications during the birth. I even had a nurse come into the room while I was in hospital, asking why I had decided to continue with the pregnancy, knowing of the possible issues the child would have. I can say unreservedly that so much good has come out of something that was seen as a less than ideal situation. Our daughter is now beautiful and tall and 18 years old. She has had to face some challenges along the way, but she has brought so much joy into our lives and many others as well. Paul started out persecuting the followers of Jesus. Then he had a dramatic conversion and later he was imprisoned. And yet 13 out of the 27 books in the New Testament were written by Paul. He spoke to both the Jews and the Gentiles and spent most of his ministry sharing the good news with the Gentiles. In Ephesians 3, it says, And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Jesus Christ. Our own faith today stems from Paul's willingness to share the good news to the Gentiles as well as the Jews. Your less than ideal situation may be very different to mine or Paul's, but is there a loss, a disappointment, a failure or something else in your life that you have overcome and now use to encourage others? For some people, you may not wish to speak publicly about what you've been through, but you have a compassion and an understanding for people who are going through a similar situation. For some in the room or some watching on the line, you may still be struggling with a challenging situation. I encourage you to seek out help and support to get to a place of peace and freedom. If you don't believe this already, please know that we don't have to be perfect for God to use us. Mick and I have been married now for almost 27 years. He's had to put up with me for that long and I've had to put up with him. Um, we have certainly been through some challenging times along the way. But over the last few years, we've had the privilege of spending time with several engaged couples providing them with some guidance and encouragement as they start at the beginning of their journey together. King David is a beautiful example of someone who made some pretty big mistakes along the way. He committed adultery and murder, but he came to a point of completely repenting of what he'd done and came back to God. He was completely forgiven and continued serving the Lord and leading the nation of Israel for the rest of his life. Consider whether there's someone you can encourage because you've walked a similar journey to them and help them to know the grace, the forgiveness and the freedom that you have found in Jesus Christ. If I can ask the worship team to come up now, please. And finally, I have learnt that we all have a testimony. I know for Mick and I that our parents' faith in Jesus Christ has changed generational patterns in our family in a positive way. 
that will be a blessing to future generations. Our testimony is to encourage people that you can make a difference for future generations of your family because we've seen that happen for our own family. What is your testimony? What has God done in your life that you can share with someone else? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can make that decision today. No one has made too many mistakes to be loved or accepted by God. No one is too far away for God to reach out to you. And there is nothing to be ashamed of in coming to Him.